Welcome to Twin Flames, the podcast, a show about the therapeutic use of tarot, dreams, and spirituality for holistic health and transformation. We are two friends and psychotherapists who are passionate about both scientific and mystical interventions for self-care and healing. Thank you for joining us. Quick disclaimer before we start the show today. Although we are therapists, we are not your therapists. Please don't take our words as medical or therapeutic advice unless you'd like to pay us a session fee. Just kidding. The information we present on this podcast and on corresponding social media is not intended to be used for diagnosis, treatment, or medical, mental, or spiritual care. Please consult with your personal clinicians or healthcare providers on a regular basis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Twin Flames podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the Fool's journey through the major arcana of the tarot from a psychological perspective. So this is part two of three of this mini-series, and we're going to look at the Fool's therapeutic journey to individuation and self-actualization and focusing specifically on cards eight through 14 of the major arcana. And as a reminder, throughout these three episodes, we're going to attempt to answer the following questions. What does the fool's journey look like if the fool were a client in therapy? And what may occur at different stages throughout the therapeutic process? Today, we're going to focus on cards 8 through 14 of the Major Arcana. These are the Strength, Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Justice, the Hangman, Death, and Temperance. Before we jump in, we would like to clarify that when we say fool, we are referencing the character depicted in the hero's journey Mm -hmm. in the tarot cards. We want to make it very clear that we're not referring to patients as actual fools. They are far from that. And we actually see them as very brave and vulnerable Mm -hmm. human beings. So just wanted to clarify that we do not actually think our clients are fools. Yes. Now let's pick back up with the middle phase or mid phase of therapy and the second leg of the Fool's Journey with cards 8 through 14. So the start of this leg of the Fool's Journey begins with card number 8, which is the Strength card. Some basic meanings or interpretations of this card mean alignment, grace, soothe, restraint, maturation, integration, softness, feminine power, or emotional vulnerability, cooperation, self-mastery, instincts and urges, compassion, and influence. Mm-hmm. And these meanings were taken from a book by Vicaro Wintner. The way we view this card is working on your inner strength and rebuilding a strong sense of self. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that happens in therapy, especially in the middle phase of therapy. Yep. After you've kind of um, built a relationship with your therapist and you feel safe enough to to kind of dive in deeper. Because really the second leg of the journey, of the fool's journey, I think is an internal journey. So you've gone from the first leg, which is more focused on the external stuff in our lives. So Mm -hmm. the things we're born into, um, the institutions and people that have influenced us, how we came to be who we are. And then we get into the more internal spiritual aspect. So we're really looking, we're having to look deep within ourselves. And I think Mm-hmm. the strength card represents what we need. We need that courage and that strength, that inner strength in order to start diving deep into that. Yeah, absolutely. And the beginning 
phases of therapy, your client is building those skills, Mm -hmm. right? And building up that endurance and picking up that momentum to dive into the deep work. And it's also very representative, you know, the strength card where the client is at in Mm -hmm. therapy is like they're strong enough to continue going and to keep coming back. Yes. And they're brave and vulnerable enough to get to this point. Absolutely. There were many times where they could have given up and dropped out of therapy. Correct. Yeah, this is when you really start digging a little deeper and it can get scary for people. And I also kind of see this card as representing what the therapist also needs to Mm. do and how the therapist needs to present in order to help guide the client through this leg of the journey. Um, And if you look at a traditional tarot deck, you'll see a woman kind of gently caressing this lion, um, not being forceful at all. It's kind of weird when you look at it because the lion looks kind of perturbed a little bit Mm -hmm. and um, it looks like it's maybe ready to lash out, but she's just gently kind of taming it. So I really see that as the therapist trying to maybe tame the wilder parts of the client that are maybe afraid and are ready to bite and just really being gentle and taking a soft approach to diving into this sometimes really difficult leg of the journey. I also think that this card kind of shows us how we can learn to have some control over our primal instincts or the destructive parts of us. And that's why it's really important, I think, to go through the first leg of the journey to build those resources Mm -hmm. and to understand where you come from so that you can then take a look at maybe some of the the wilder sides or the more primal sides, maybe like the id, if you want to think about it that way. So unhealthy impulses mm-hmm. and urges, yeah. or maybe your pull and tendency to avoid mm-hmm. or to deny. Yeah. Another thing that came to mind was the importance of boundaries mm-hmm. and the therapist patients may be tested at this point because when you get comfortable in a relationship, yes things start to play out, right? Mm -hmm. Like your patterns or unhealthy patterns in relationships, you feel more comfortable and you might not be aware that they're coming into play, Mm -hmm. which might be boundary crossing or setting poor boundaries for yourself. You might start to see that with your client Mm -hmm. and it play out in your relationship at this point in the process because they're becoming more comfortable and you might also becoming more comfortable as well. Totally. One final note about the strength card before we move on to card number nine is a quote from Tarot Fundamentals, which is a wonderful book. The book talks about how the strength card's lesson is that the arcana of strength will teach me to improve my self-control, fight my weakness, and to understand what truly motivates me. The next card is the Hermit. This is also in the mid-phase of therapy the part where deep reflection and inner growth occurs. And since the relationship is becoming more strong Mm -hmm. and you're becoming more comfortable, your client's attachment wounds may be triggered because Mm -hmm. they're becoming more emotionally close to you and more dependent on you. Yes. And at the same time, I think they're recognizing too that they're a separate being from the therapist. Mm -hmm. So you're learning, yes, you're emotionally close with your therapist, but you're also your own person. And really trusting yourself that you Mm -hmm. can do all of this on your own. Yes. And you can apply what you learn in the therapy room in other situations. Yeah, I think um, it would be helpful to go over some of the general meanings of this card. 
Um, so the hermit typically stands for wisdom, self-study, solitude, internal growth, introspection, aloneness, contemplation, illumination, retreat, gestation, meditation, and searching. And so really when I see the hermit card, I kind of also think about how we use silence in therapy room. This might be the point in therapy where we really start to push boundaries a little bit as a therapist and to make the client a little more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the first leg of the journey, things were kind of surface level. And now in the second leg, maybe I don't talk as much as the therapist. Maybe I allow for more silence and see what the client does with that. Um, and then maybe we bring up observations about, you know, I noticed when, when there's any silence in the room, you're kind of quick to fill the silence. I wonder what that's about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really think of this part of the therapeutic journey as an opportunity to kind of see what it's like for the client to quote unquote, be still. Can they be still with themselves? Ooh, I love that. Can they be still in the room? How do they do with being alone? For example, how do they do with loneliness? I think so many of my clients at least struggle with being alone mm -hmm. and feeling feelings of loneliness, um, that it's important to explore that because at the end of the day, the client, all the client really has is themselves. Mm -hmm. And even if the client isn't alone all the time, maybe mm -hmm. they have that innate fear that mm -hmm. this unhealthy fear of becoming alone someday. Yes. And Absolutely. so they overcompensate for things in present day life, like in their present day life. Yeah. They overcompensate by overly controlling things. Mm -hmm. And when they can't control your response, yeah. when you don't give them that response, that fear will, will come out. Absolutely. They'll become stressed. Yes. Which is, I think, why people react so poorly to silence in the therapy room. And in a way, it's not that you're trying to torture them no, or cause distress or harm. <laughs> what you're trying to do in a subtle way is to increase distress tolerance mm -hmm. and, and showing that they're more than capable of yes. surviving that brief moment of discomfort. Yes. And if you can survive that brief moment of discomfort, what else can you survive? Absolutely. Sometimes I also kind of think of the hermit card as representative of the therapist too, like the hermit as kind of a guide. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I see it as representing both the client and what the therapist can do. And your life is a mystery to them. Yeah. You might have clients who are wondering, <gasps> what do you do outside of this? Like, so true. <laughs> like, do you have a life? So true. Do you enjoy TV? Do you have a family? I get asked all the time mm. from my kid clients, do you have kids? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's it's that natural part of therapy where they start to see you as a human being yes. instead of a tool. Totally. And what they project onto you could be really interesting. Also, what I think about is inpatient care mm -hmm. for the hermit. Sometimes mm -hmm. isolated, hospitalized treatment yeah. might be required for a patient at this time yep. to check out from the rest of the world mm -hmm. and to receive care and support that they need. That's such a good point. Yeah, sometimes we need to move to a higher level of care. And that conversation might not go as smoothly as mm -hmm. you thought it would mm -hmm. because sometimes clients have this belief that they need to keep going mm -hmm. in life. They, they can't take breaks. They can't take care of themselves. They have to take care of everyone else. Yeah. That just highlights the point that taking a break in life mm -hmm. 
and taking care of yourself might be harder for some people yes. more than other people. And that also can be dependent on culture too, right? Yeah, totally. Like it might be seen as selfish. Yeah. Might be seen as lazy. Yep. And you don't want those images mm -hmm. or to come off in that way. So you're going to avoid taking breaks or looking weak. Yes. And on the other side of taking a break, you know, on mm -hmm. one side we have inpatient care, that yes. kind of a break. But then we also have the other less extreme breaks, like coping skills. Yeah. Taking a breather saying no to things, setting those boundaries, learning where your limits are. Yeah, and I think the dark side of this is that sometimes we might isolate mm. or we might retreat to a place that's not healthy for us. So then also as therapists and as clients, paying attention to that. When am I withdrawing? And is this is this withdrawal healthy or am I just using it as a coping mechanism? Another quote from the Tarot Fundamentals book that really... I think does a good job of encompassing the essence of this card is the arcana of the hermit will teach me to rediscover the joy of tranquility, meditation, prayer, and gratitude. The next card is number 10, Wheel of Fortune. Some basic interpretations or meanings of this card are repetition, rebirth, impermanence, cycle, patterns, interconnected, return, growth, and movement, yeah. chance, mm -hmm. not yeah. having control of an outcome. Oh my gosh, yes. Because the wheel stops where it stops. Mm -hmm. And it moves at its own pace. Yeah, I really think of the wheel of fortune as just kind of like life. And whatever life throws at you. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, we can't really control that. And our clients, I think, really struggle when life throws them a curveball. And this is the point in therapy where you might see some regressing maybe because life has thrown them something that they weren't expecting. So maybe they were on this journey, they're, you know, they're finding inner strength, they're learning how to be on their own, and then something happens. Life tests them. Yes. And hopefully they channel their inner strength card yep. and redirect themselves and get through this little bump in the road. So it's helping to empower the client to keep going yeah. and to keep trying. I think so. Yeah, I really see the Wheel of Fortune card too as um, a representation of the stages of change. So in the addiction and substance use literature, the stages of change represent the five phases that we kind of go through when we're trying to make some sort of behavioral change any sort of change in our lives. And typically it's used in the recovery, addictions recovery field, but it can be used for any sort of behavior. And so I look at the Wheel of Fortune as like, okay, life happens, things keep moving, and you have an opportunity to make changes as those events take place. Or you can just kind of like go along for the ride and let it take you through another cycle. Riding the wave and realistically looking at what's in your control and what's out of your control. Yes, exactly. And whatever is outside of your control, coming to terms with that. Yes. And allowing what's meant to be will be as cliche yes. as that is. Yeah, because the wheel's going to keep turning and that we cannot control. That is the hardest lesson for clients to learn sometimes is that like you can only control the choices you make and the changes mm -hmm. you make. The circumstances that they were born into. Yes. Right? 
Yeah, like Wheel of Fortune is total destiny, too. These were the cards you were handed in life. Mm. You know, and some of us were handed more privilege, and some of us were handed fewer cards or not-so-great cards. Mm. And we kind of have to make of it what we can. And it's so important as therapists to keep that in mind. Yeah. Because what is going on with our clients and what we see may not be a problem or a defi- mm-hmm. deficit or an issue. Yes. It's their response and what they learned in the situation yeah. or unfortunate event that they were exposed to early on. Yes. And it's not a judgment of who they are. Right. It's a judgment of their situation Absolutely. and their experience and their surroundings. Absolutely. And so really checking in Mm-hmm. and evaluating your client's situation is yeah. so important because that could totally change things and you're in your interpretation of what's going on. Totally. And I do think sometimes as mental health clinicians, we focus too much on the individual in the room and like, okay, what are their pathologies? Too often we forget to look at the bigger picture. We forget that there's a wheel turning in the background, right? And mm-hmm. a wheel that turned when they were born and we kind of forget to take context into account Mm -hmm. so you know for example looking at Yuri Bronfenbrenner's ecological theory of development and human functioning he really looked at the micro and the macro Mm. systems in place that impact an individual's development and functioning and if we don't look at that stuff, if we don't look at the systems work and the context, we're doing the client a disservice because they Absolutely. are not an individual living in a vacuum. They're an individual that's a part of a larger system, whether that's their family or the institutions that they mm-hmm. grew up in or the greater spirits at play like racism, for example. So the Wheel of Fortune's lesson from the Tarot Fundamentals book It says, the Wheel of Fortune teaches me to adapt to the role fate has offered me. It allows me to change my luck, influence my future, and alter my fortune. That's so empowering because it's like, yes, you were born into these circumstances, or yes, you ended up in this situation. But the question is, what are you going to do with what life has handed you, whether good or bad? And, you know, like with generational trauma, you might you're going to be born with that, but you mm-hmm. also have the power to change that for your lineage, Absolutely. right? On like what you're going to pass down yes, into future generations. Yeah, I really love that. And sometimes when the wheel of fortune turns and all hell breaks loose, sometimes those are the moments where clients really grow a lot. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that like trauma or hardship is good. I'm not saying that at all. Sometimes that can be a really huge moment of transformation for Mm -hmm. people. The next card, card 11, is justice. Yeah, I see this really as, like, facing truth. Mm. And maybe the therapist has to take this role on and gently kind of point to the truth or the reality of a situation. Which sucks. Yeah. Because sometimes, (laughs) you know, like, our clients don't want to face that hard reality of a situation. Yes. But sometimes you need to have those hard conversations mm-hmm. with your client. Like, look, I, I've noticed you you do this with me. Yes. I'm wondering 
if this happens in your close relationships yeah. or with family. And yeah, just gentle probing like that. Um, and I really think this is, this is kind of like encouraging the client to take a balanced look at, yes, we're looking at the wheel of fortune. We're looking at all of the like first leg of the journey and everything you came from. But this is maybe the time in therapy where we start also looking at more internal factors. So the factors that come from the client, and this is not to victim blame, mm -hmm. but it's really to say that like sometimes, a lot of times we contribute to our own problems. So for example, clients who come in and they're like, I don't know why no one respects my boundaries and they just don't see how tired I am. And over time, when you get to this card, to the justice card, maybe the therapist takes a pause and, and has the client analyze what is it that you do mm. that maybe communicates to the family that it's okay for them to treat you like this. Mm -hmm. And breaking it down into an understanding of, you know, causes bring effects, yes. right? And it's and it's something maybe like, let's change the cause, right? right? And you might get different effects. Correct. If it's something that's annoying you, yep. we can change that, right? Yep. And, and you, you have the control of changing yes. that. And that's a really gentle way of bringing that pattern mm -hmm. to the client's awareness. Yeah. Also, when you think about responsibility, yeah. On the other side of it, taking too much responsibility, yes. especially in times of trauma, oh, that's such that a turns point. into shame and guilt and yes. inappropriate guilt and blaming yourself. Yes. Because you're taking responsibility of something that came to you with mm -hmm. the wheel of fortune, mm -hmm. you know, it was just by chance. Yep. It was by chance. It wasn't because there was something that you did. It yes. wasn't about you. Yes. So being fair to yourself as well. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I work with kids of divorced or split families. Mm -hmm. So whenever I see the justice card, sometimes I think about my clients in those situations, mm -hmm. how I have to maintain mm -hmm. a, a healthy balance between two families, mm -hmm. between that kid and their parents, and making sure that things are even yeah. and not unfair because oh I could do more harm than good. That's so hard. Yeah. I kind of, that makes me think of couples work too. When I do couples work, it's like, I really have to make sure that I'm being fair and objective and I'm not taking sides. And sometimes it's appropriate to not remain balanced because, for example, if I've had situations in which a couple comes in and it's very apparent that there's abuse going on, and that's not okay. I am going to take the side of the victim, especially when I see it play out in front of me. And sometimes that is the most fair and balanced thing to do, is to restore the power balance. And it's ethical. And it's right? ethical. It's an ethical oh practice, God, yes. right? The safety of your... Of the client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the situation. Yep. The Terra Fundamentals book quote on justice is the arcanum of justice will teach me to balance opinions, be fair and open in all situations. Justice guides me on my pursuit of truth and holds me accountable for all my actions. Mm, I like that. Now on to card 12, the hangman. So some basic interpretations of the hangman is non-action, non-attachment, fear, release, 
transformation, being stuck, incubation, acceptance, letting go of control or shifts in perspectives, initiation and wisdom. Ooh, this, I feel like this card might trigger a lot of strong reactions yeah. out of people. Yeah. Because remaining still and not acting mm -hmm. yeah. can be stressful and really hard for us, especially in Absolutely. a world where everything is immediate gratification and go, go, go. Yes. This might be a time in therapy where the client works on achieving profound acceptance and detachment mm -hmm. from any negative or unhealthy beliefs or behaviors that no longer serve them. Mm -hmm. So you see a lot of this in DBT work or dialectical behavioral therapy. Yeah. Increasing distress tolerance with the unknown. Yeah. And taking the middle road or the mm -hmm. middle ground of a situation. Mm -hmm. Or even acceptance and commitment therapy where we ask clients to just kind of step back and observe so when a, when a crazy thought pops into your mind, instead of reacting to it or trying to press it down or do something about it, just watching it, acknowledging its existence. Because the ultimate freedom might be through expansion yeah. and, and, and suspension. Suspension. Kind of like the hermit. Yes. But this is, I don't know, in a way, you're hermiting. Yeah. But you're hermiting... It's hermiting in place. Hermiting in place. <laughs> I like it. Because I feel like the hermit card, when you look at it, it looks like he's walking, right? He's still walking. He's moving forward. With the hangman, he's stuck. So mm -hmm. he's kind of in place, and he, he just has to kind of sit in that discomfort, maybe. And forced to look at mm -hmm. a situation from a different perspective. A different perspective, yes. This might be a part in therapy where you're going to reassess mm. your client's progress. Maybe a treatment plan review happens. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes the therapist needs to take a different perspective on things. Maybe. Yeah. We mm -hmm. need to go consult because sometimes we get so stuck in our own yeah. way of doing things that we miss other perspectives. And a clue that that might be happening mm. is when you hit that plateau Yes, or that stagnant stage of therapy where you're starting to talk about things you would talk about over coffee or yes. beer with a friend and you're you're not doing that deep work Absolutely. that you used to and that might be a clue like hey maybe i need to change things up yes sometimes i wonder if like this is the point in therapy where clients might decide to move on to a different therapist sometimes yeah you know not because there's anything wrong with the current relationship but maybe they've learned all they can from this mm -hmm. and it's time to move on to a different perspective like I'm mm -hmm. thinking personally for myself I did talk therapy for years and then I felt like at some point I've gotten everything I can out of psychodynamic talk therapy now I want to focus on like EMDR and somatic mm -hmm. experiencing so the quote from the Tarot Fundamentals book on this card, it says, The hangman's lesson, it will teach me to challenge myself, deal with discomfort, and to view the world and my own experience from other points of view. Now we're going to go over card 13, which is death. This card means transition, loss, leveling, transformation, freedom, impartialness, Blank slate, refinement, letting go, metamorphosis, closure, release, and the inevitable. 
Yeah, so the death card really is about endings and loss and transformation. And that can be, you know, what we were talking about with the hangman, where maybe the client decides to move on to a different therapist. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not that big of a transformation. Maybe it's just that the therapeutic relationship changes in some way or the client changes in some way. Um, I kind of think of the therapeutic relationship as going through phases and stages. Mm-hmm. The more you work with someone, especially when you do long-term therapy, you're going to see the end of certain phases of the relationship and the beginning of maybe deeper phases of the relationship. Absolutely. Relationships are not static. No. And if you think relationships are static, then that's a red flag. Yes. Because... Yes. They should not be. Yeah, you should be growing and changing within your relationship. Absolutely. And also the relationship as a whole is constantly growing and changing. Correct. Right. And so maybe at this point in the therapeutic journey, maybe there's some sort of rupture in Mm. the therapeutic relationship. Like, for example, I remember there was one client I was working with a few years ago who was really angry with me about something that I asked her to do in a previous session. And that was a rupture for us. You know, she she did feel safe enough to express that anger to me and to talk about it. But we had to kind of rethink our relationship and restructure it and rebuild it well, slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And that actually ultimately was a really good thing. But, you know, the death card is not necessarily an easy card at all. It's actually a pretty difficult card. It could mean dying of a habit, a way of living. A belief that is really negative or hurtful. Mm. Mm-hmm. An end of an unhealthy outlet. Yeah. Relationship, job, behavior, or a part of ourselves. Yeah. That is unhealthy. Those kinds of deaths should be happening if you're mm-hmm. doing the kind of therapeutic work that you need to be doing. Because you're going to change as a client in therapy. The therapist is going to change too. But as a client, you're going to change as a person because you're doing a deeper dive into yourself and you're learning different perspectives, Mm -hmm. for example. Your client might not only grieve the loss of someone in their life, Mm -hmm. like an actual death, but they might be grieving the loss of an image or a perspective or an idea that Mm -hmm. they've had of something or someone. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's with you, right? Like they thought that you were this almighty, godly therapist in the moment you mess mess up up, Mm -hmm. or don't have room in your schedule for them every week right then you know they might experience that as like a death of who they thought you were right right oh my or who they hoped you were Mm -hmm. absolutely like what happens when the therapist inevitably lets the client down because we do we're human Mm -hmm. and then yeah you have to you have to let that perfect version of the therapist die and make room for a more human version of the therapist. And speaking of versions, you know, I do think clients too go through different versions of themselves in therapy. And the more work you do in therapy, old versions of the client are going to die all the time over and over in therapy. Mm. And when those die off, then they open up room Room for other versions. Yeah. Maybe healthier versions. But yes, this card may also have to do with actual grief and loss in the client's life outside of therapy, too. I know Mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, maybe it's the loss of a job or a relationship or an actual death. And then that needs to be processed in therapy. Mm -hmm. Loss of 
a function or ability yeah. that they've had yes. in life. Like oh the ability gosh. to walk. Yes. The, you know, ability to hear or see if a trauma or an accident happened. Mm. And really processing that death, that loss, mm-hmm. and rebuilding a new way to go about life. Yes. Also with, you know, dead names and mm. trans individuals yes. and sex reassignment surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying goodbye to or letting this old identity die mm-hmm. and, and making room for the birth of a new identity. And not only is the client going through that, that grief and loss process, yeah. but also the people their in their family, life. their friends. Yeah. I think this is the part in therapy where clients really learn how to let go. Mm. And sometimes this is a really long phase in therapy because it's hard to accept the death of something or someone. It's hard to let go of that. And like putting something to rest for good. Yes. You know, we'll we'll say, oh, you know, it's dead and gone. Not going to go there. That's a bad habit. I'm not Mm going to date this kind of guy ever again. And then... (laughs) You find yourself dating a very similar guy the yes. next round. Yes. And you're like, oh, but actually I never really put I that never, to rest. Yep. I never buried that. Yeah. But why is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how comfortable are we letting certain parts of ourselves die? Especially parts that mm. are really familiar. Maybe they're destructive. But a lot of times I think we have a lot of trouble saying goodbye to certain aspects of ourselves. Like I think of addiction or eating disorders. Mm. In a lot of ways, it's like people who are ready to change, they know this stuff is destructive. Right. But they can't let go of that. Even though change is going to be a good thing for them, it's scary. Oh, yeah. And that fear is what holds them back. Mm -hmm. And maybe they need to grieve that addiction or that eating disorder or whatever, that old belief system, maybe they need to grieve that. And that's where the therapist comes in and helps them through the grief process. Right. The death cards lesson from the Tarot Fundamentals book is the arcanum of death will teach me to let go of attachment and to the past and to appreciate the affairs of the present. Mm. Change is to be embraced when it arrives. Nice. Now, moving on to our last card in this leg of the journey. I'm actually going to read from the Fountain Tarot Guidebook. So the Fountain Tarot is a new deck that I got, and the guidebook does a really beautiful job of describing the Temperance card. So, And it's also the deck that we pulled the cards for this episode. Yes, which we will go over after we talk about Temperance. Yeah, we pulled two cards for this episode from this deck. So... The Fountain Tarot states that temperance is about listening within. We often look at options from an either-or perspective, but temperance invites us to consider that all things are possible, even when they appear to be at odds. Life is not static, and neither are our needs. They vary across a lifetime and across each situation. Through listening and awareness, the universe reveals what your soul truly needs, not just what your ego wants. It's not as complicated as you make it. If you can put your perception and impatience aside, you can create space for alchemy. And the meaning of the temperance card, according to the Fountain Tarot, is quiet awareness, patience, inner listening, 
harmony between physical and spiritual, conscious moderation, a peaceful melding of opposites, and the middle way. Wow. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. A lot of that happens in the therapy room. Yes, a lot. And a lot of that happens in the second leg of the journey, specifically. Um, I really like that this description talks about um, how through listening and awareness, the universe reveals what your soul truly needs, not just what your ego wants. So if you look at, you know, if you organize the major arcana into the three lines of seven cards, you'll look and see above temperance is the chariot. And the chariot is all about ego, right? What does mm-hmm. the ego want? And that's a very important developmental stage for us human beings. But now you're moving from that end of that leg of the journey to not just what your ego wants, but what your soul truly needs. Mm-hmm. And so I think once you get to the temperance card, you're ready for the third and final leg of the journey, which we will talk about in our next episode, um, which is really about the heavenly journey, the ethereal. So you've moved from external environmental in the first leg to spiritual and internal in the second leg to then bigger things. So the temperance card, you start thinking about existential questions. So want versus need, Mm -hmm. right? That makes me think of defense mechanisms. Mm that we might exercise a lot of defense and learn these defense mechanisms to keep us from achieving what we actually need because of shame. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because maybe it's a part of ourselves that we don't like or that we hate and we don't want to actually act on. Yeah. So we're going to put up our walls and Mm -hmm. do the opposite. The therapist tries to work with the client to diminish their blocks in life that might be getting in the way of their ability to succeed and form Mm -hmm. actual connections with people. So like Mm -hmm. what you were just saying about keeping themselves from achieving what they need Mm -hmm. because of something that they want. Yeah. Right? Like the ego getting in the way of what the soul actually needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another aspect of the temperance card that I really like is becoming aware of the things that did not happen to us more than what did happen to us. Yes. I really liked what you said earlier about this, Laura, when we were talking before Mm -hmm. the episode. Yeah, I was thinking about how this specifically relates to trauma and how when we do trauma work, a lot of times we focus on what has happened to people. So what kinds of trauma did they experience? Oh, you know, they were abused or they had attachment trauma or um, they were bullied or they experienced some sort of horrific event. Those are all things that happened to us. But what we don't do a lot of times in trauma work or we forget to do in trauma work is we forget to look at what was absent because that's mm. that can be just as traumatic, if not more traumatic than the things that do happen to us. So what was absent from this person's life? For example, emotional closeness. Sure, your parents never beat you, you know, or you weren't sexually abused. So what happens if you were emotionally neglected? If there was a a withdrawing of affection when you cried? Because actually, if you look at brain scans and research done on the brain, a lot of times neglect can actually have a much more severe and much more significant impact on the brain, even just looking at brain size. Like a child's wow. brain size is like three times smaller when they've experienced neglect 
than a typical brain. That's so sad. It's horrible. And it might not be neglect because the parent chooses right. to it neglect might not be intentional. Right. They might be busy working three jobs. Exactly. Because they have trying to survive. Trying to feed their kids. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I really do think the temperance card represents the part of therapy when people feel safe enough to now move or look forward to the next leg of the therapeutic mm-hmm. journey, which is all about, you know, bigger life themes, um, more ethereal themes. So they've done internal work. They're kind of doing the last little bits of internal work and they're ready to look really to the skies for bigger and greater. And this is when we start asking or discussing with clients, the more existential questions of life. Like, where do you find meaning? Mm, Where do you find purpose? Yeah. Can we make meaning out of this situation? Like polishing off their identity. Yes. And living a life aligned with their values. Oh, yes, absolutely. And focusing on what their lasting impression on this world Mm. that they want to leave behind. Their legacy. Yeah, which I I can imagine you probably work with a lot. Absolutely. In oncology and yep in psycho-oncology or when I work with older adults a lot of the conversation is around they've kind of sped up the process honestly you kind of skip the first leg of the journey Mm -hmm. you might touch on some of the second leg of the journey but you go almost straight to the third leg Um, and yeah you talk about like what do you want your legacy to be where do you find meaning where do you find purpose in life what is the meaning of life for you what do you think about death? How do you feel about death? So all the deeper, you know, bigger existential mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, like the wise parts of themselves. And, yes. and that's, what, I don't know, just the word wisdom comes to mind oh, when yeah. you talk about that. And For sure. So integrating bits and pieces of what you learn in therapy mm-hmm. into a situation and into everyday life. Mm-hmm. And blending that together. Yep. Also, the therapist integrates different theoretical orientations for a client at different times and being able to blend and melt that into therapy. Yeah, right. It's it's a much more complex phase of therapy. It's like the magician on steroids, right? Oh my gosh, totally. (laughs) Actually, though, it is. And it's interesting because the Fountain Tarot Guidebook talks about alchemy, And sometimes some people describe the magician as an alchemist. Actually, it's interesting. I was talking to my dad about this recently, about alchemy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a pretty big Carl Jung fan as well. And he talked about how Carl Jung saw alchemy as really a refinement. Kind of what you said, Leah, Mm -hmm. about polishing that person, almost like polishing this gemstone. It's a refinement of yourself so you trying to like for example make gold or like reveal the gold underneath some sort of material that the alchemist is working with Mm -hmm. it's not really about that gold it's actually about polishing your insides while you're working on that also it can be viewed as you know the magician could be the the young therapist Mm. that's just starting (sighs) out in their career and then the temperance is like Yep. You know, the, not like, you're, you're a little more seasoned. seasoned. Yeah, you're a little bit yeah. more seasoned. Maybe you are the supervisor and you're supervising the magician. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Things are not static. It's yes. changing, right? Like your roles, your relationships. Should we talk about the two cards we pulled? So we pulled from the Fountain Tarot 
and we drew the Eight of Cups and the Ace of Swords. Yeah, and so the Eight of Cups, we're dealing with a lot of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And taking with us what works and leaving behind what no longer works. Yes. And that happens a lot in therapy, right? Yeah. Like, maybe walking away from old ways of doing things or old ways of thinking about things or old ways of dealing with emotions. Mm. And that's a good thing. Because if you look at the traditional image of the Eight of Cups, it's a man walking away from eight cups towards mountains. And mountains typically are symbolic of, like, spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, and it also kind of gives me hermit vibes because yeah. it's kind of like this hermit on his own journey. Um, so walking away from things that no longer serve him in pursuit of something greater and deeper. Mm. And that's really what you're doing in the second leg of the fool's journey. In yeah. Therapy. Which shows a lot of strength. Oh, knowing, yes. You know, we need that. Right, right. Absolutely. And what do you think of when you see the Ace of Swords, Laura? Yeah, I think swords in general are about clarity and truth. Um, and so Ace of Swords in the Fountain Tarot, I like the way the guidebook describes it. Um, it talks about how the Ace brings a great deal of raw power and energy. The sword cuts through a web of scaffolding, um, holding up all the cloudy pieces of our identity, the perceptions, the conversations, facts, dreams, and ideas. And it really stands for clarity, an opportunity mm -hmm. for clarity. So when you see the Ace of Swords, it's like, okay, there's an opportunity in front of me, like in the therapy room, to gain some sort of clarity or understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and your therapist might just cut right yep. through the BS and yes. get right to the heart of the matter. Yes. And that might be painful, but after jarring brings relief. For sure. Right. Because you, as a client coming in, you move away from your own subjective beliefs, um, your own subjective realities with the help of a therapist who is hopefully going to help you get to your truth. Mm-hmm. And that can be so hard to mm -hmm. find when you have so much going on around you oh and God, so yes. many layers. Yes. Well, I think we are done with this episode, right? Yes, we are. And we will be back with part three of this mini series. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening.